1: To another installment of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Belief Podcast Network, and is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online can be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA Finals, Major League Baseball fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up. And we use our our promo code believe BLEA, that's B L E A V to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We are we don't do this very often where we do the show during the game. Um, I know the Reds are still in Boston tonight and they are playing currently. Uh, as we saw that Nick Kirby, our co-host, is at Fenway Park and getting TV shoutouts while Carlos and I are not at Fenway Park. <laughs> But still excited to do this. One of our first times we've really ever done this is a dual cast we're doing uh, for this upcoming weekend series with the Washington Nationals. So we brought on the host of Locked on Nats, Mr. Josh Neighbors, who's going to be we're going to ask him some Nationals questions. He's going to ask us some Reds questions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm
0: well. It's a pleasure to talk about two of the best teams in the league. Right, guys, these these two uh, absolute <laughs> titans of the National yeah. League right now, the Nationals and the Reds.
1: Yeah, uh, just before we kind of get into anything, we just got to make sure. Do you have any source of knowledge of if anyone um, from the Nationals is in Tommy Pham's fantasy base fantasy football league? No,
0: I don't think anybody from this team isn't. I hope they were not in Tommy Pham's fantasy baseball league. (laughs) I actually also don't think they have anybody who's like old enough on the team to like have played against Tommy Pham. At some point before this season, it's a pretty pretty young group. Besides Soto, maybe Josh Bell. I don't think they have too many guys who are old enough to be involved in the Tommy Fam, Jock Peterson fantasy football league.
1: Yeah, what a fascinating league! Like I have so many questions. Like it comes out that I guess Trout's the GM. I'm like, okay. So when do they draft? Do they get together to draft? I think Mo Eger from ESPN also like talked about this fairly recently. Is like who? How do they put this together? Like. There's no they, way they get together to draft, though. I mean, after what we yeah. saw of that... You is know, it like a like, text message draft? Like well, Because because Jock apparently Jock
0: and Tommy Pham just don't know each other that well, which is evidenced, obviously, by the argument. So like, there's no way they're getting
1: together to do this, right? I, I would not think so. It would be pretty fascinating. Carlos, you play in the big leagues. I'm sure like your friends <laughs> on other teams is not very easy to like get things together with.
2: No, they did it just to, online. I'm sure they just used the regular ESP and happened did it online. I mean, maybe something like this on a zoom or something. I don't know, but no, yeah, there's no way everybody's too old to get together and and get away all at one time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Especially with kids and families and all that fun stuff while playing professional sports. I'm sure it's pretty difficult. Um, so Josh, we'll bring you in here with obviously, um, a four game set this weekend between the reds and the nationals. Um, Kind of looking ahead, obviously, both teams in last place in their division. The Reds 13 and a half out of the first from Milwaukee and the Nationals 17 and a half, uh, 17 out from the Mets, which the Mets have just been unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Um, but like you said, it's two teams that are kind of headed in the quote unquote rebuilt direction. So when you kind of look at from the outside looking in for someone who doesn't watch a lot of Nationals games, you know, besides the obvious Juan Soto, who is f- more proof more and more that batting average and RBIs don't mean anything. Uh, what is the kind of takeaway from the nationals for the people who aren't watching this team, brother Luke, should look for oh, you meet him, Josh.
0: My fault. Uh, you're lucky uh, is what I would say is number one on this um, <laughs> guys. They're, they're a top, like the term tough hang is what I would use. I mean, I was I was actually at dinner tonight with one of my friends who is you know probably the biggest Nationals fan I know and he's like I can't believe you watch every single game um, and I mean I, I do a combination of watching and and listening on the radio but um, I mean they're so bad like they're so un- I don't really know like it's it's so, uh, Blake Fenny who works for Federal Baseball the SB Nation blog was putting together a reel tonight that was the, just like Lowell mats, basically. And it was a combination of horrific base running blunders, um, awful fielding, rundowns, catcher's interference. Uh, we had a catcher's interference at third base at one point this season. The Nationals <laughs> had K. Bear interfere with a runner trying to get back to third. And so, I mean, I guess it's still technically catcher's interference at that point in time because he, he's still a catcher. But... This is a team, guys, that at one point this season, uh, they had two separate plays in the, M- in the uh, sports center, not top ten in the same week. Like that's how bad it was. That- that's tough to do. And so the Nationals, that's kind of their season in a nutshell. They've been injured. Sure, the pitching has been has been pretty injury-prone. Joe Ross, it just we just learned yesterday, is going to be uh, getting Tommy John surgery, and he's not going to come back this year. They're trying to get Steven Strasburg back. Right now, they really didn't invest too much in the, in the pitching. A guy named Evan Lee came up from double A today to make a start against the Mets. Um, so that's kind of the way it's kind of by the seat of their pants they're doing this thing. And that's what's made the one Soto trade buzz happen. I'm sure you all have heard about this stuff. There's really no buzz actually from inside the Nets, it's all external, but it's just been ratcheted up because they're so horrific to watch.
1: Well, I was going to say one of the things I really wanted to talk about because I obviously, yes, everyone who follows baseball has heard about the one Soto trade buzz. But like we went through this for years with Joey Votto, where like the Reds weren't playing very well, but he was still playing, you know, having tremendous seasons. And it was a lot of like, well, you know, they have to move him. That's the only way they're going to survive and all this bull crap. So, um, yeah. So like, and Soto like reminds me a lot at the, at the plate of like a young Joey. As far as like their techniques, their approaches and stuff like that. So Soto's like my favorite non-red in baseball, honestly. So he's great, uh, he's a pleasure to watch. He really is yeah. a pleasure to watch. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And also,
0: this team is about to be sold as well. So I have a tough time believing that you can sell this team without either a having Soto wrapped up or B giving the next ownership group a chance to get him signed long term. I know Scott Boris is known for taking his clients, you know, all the way to free agency. But I mean, I think the chance to sign Juan Seto is attractive when you sell the team and so you have to make sure that's at least part of the package that you can offer when you do sell the team.
1: Yeah, Uh, you mentioned Steven Strasburg. Um, I know he just had a rehab start recently. Um, What is the latest on his potential arrival to the team this season?
0: Yeah, so he's he's um, when he is not pitching. So he was pitching with the Fred Nats, which is single A, um, and I think they like that especially because it allows him to be with the team. Uh, Fredericksburg is not that not that far from DC, so it kind of allows him to get that midweek work in with the Nationals. And this is not anything that you know I've been told, but I would assume that hey, it's nice right now. We'll see what the next course is. Um, you know. It's, it's it's you know on one hand you're like hey it's single A right can we really send him all the way up to the, the big leagues after a couple of nice starts? On the other hand, this guy was the World Series MVP in 2019, right? right. So um, yeah. you know, are we like I think it's more about we hit the numbers, right? We're hitting the pitch numbers, we're getting the innings up, uh, as opposed to like is he getting double A guys out? Can he get triple A guys out? We're trying to hit those numbers right now. So I would say I mean he's on track for some point in June. It sounds like Evan Lee is going to make another start for the Nationals. So I would say – and that would be in um, probably the 5th uh, or 6th of this of this month. So I would say, um, you know, after the 10th, I mean, if things are going well, like it, it should be happening probably in the next couple weeks after the 10th. So I think think sometime in June we're going to see Steven Strasburg back on a hill if, if, if all things go well uh, on the rehab side.
1: Nice. Yeah, because look at now. Um the Thursday pitching matchup. Nick normally has all this stuff up for us, but he's not here. Uh looks like it's gonna be um Jonah Don versus uh Graham Ashcraft for the Reds, which he was pitched pretty well. Um Friday, the Reds have the debut of Mike Minor for the season against Josiah Gray. Uh Saturday, it is going to be um Eric Fetty pitching against Tyler Malley. And Sunday is Luis Castillo against Patrick Corbin and holy crap. I remember when Patrick Corbin was awesome. I saw his numbers and went, what in the world happened?
0: He has been atrocious this year, guys. I mean, it's been really, really difficult to watch. And look, this is, this is not just a, this year problem for Corbin. I mean, ever since 2019, he has been really bad. And, I, I will say this for a, the one thing he does provide, he is out there every five days. Now the outcome is usually awful every five days, but he is out there every five days. He got his first win of the year in his last start. Look, it's not always, you know, it's always the, the guy's fault. It's actually pitched in some pretty, uh, some pretty close games um, this year, but yeah, I mean, it, it look for him this season, they really needed to get him back on track and you're trying to think like, what can they do? But I just think he's a guy who's fallen behind in counts and he, you know, he's got almost seven ERA, which is like kind of feels like it's actually a little bit better right now than what it's been. It's been like eight or nine. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been a guy who's been, you know, he's really been struggling 11 starts, 54 innings only. So, you know, that kind of shows you how he's going to each start, not really going that deep into ball games. And that. Taxes, your, I'm sure you guys know as well, you don't get deep starts. Tax your bullpen. If you're a bad team, you're going to have a bunch of guys who it's like, he's showing me encouraging stuff, but he's pitching every other day because the starters can't go very far. And so it's not really a natural progression for those guys in the bullpen either. And you need more out of a guy who's making 20 plus million and is scheduled to make 30 plus million here in a couple of years. So that's kind of where they go. You know. He's out there for five days, I guess, is the nice thing. Nice way to say <laughs>
2: How many more years is he under contract?
0: Two. Uh, I believe it is 25 next year. And then I believe it is going to be, um, let me, I'm double checking this, 30 something uh, million the following season. Um, So they're on the hook for that. It was a six year, 140 when they signed it. And yeah, so 24 million in 2023, $35 million in the year 2024 for Patrick Corbin has not had a good season um, since the 2019 year, to be
1: honest. Yikes. Um, so obviously, you know, the fact that everything's been terrible, but, you know, the Nationals did win a World Series, not you know, just Again? a few years back. So I, I talked about this last week. I feel like uh, the last time we had a, a Cubs guy on, uh, a good pal Joey Ricotta. shout out Joey I said like if your teams won the World Series in the last 10 years like you'll take any crappy situation obviously
0: yeah i so i get that i i think i think that we were all kind of led to believe there would be a bit more of a window right like think about so think about who the Nationals beat right you ended up beating the um the Houston Astros who have done an awesome job i love them or hate them we all have to admit the Astros have done a fantastic job of like window maintenance, right? Like what team has done a better job of bringing in interchangeable, not interchangeable parts, really important parts, you know? Um, They have no Correa now. They have no Springer now, but look, that, that lineup is still, you know, awesome. And they brought in new guys, you know, you get a Jeremy Pena who comes up and you have the emergence of a guy like Jordan Alvarez, uh, Yuli Gurriel, all these guys who are young and kind of get better. And they've done a really good job with that. I think the Nationals, while that team was pretty old, you'd expect when you have a three, like Corbin, Strasburg, and Scherzer, you have guys like Adam Eaton, uh, you know, obviously, you know, not on the team anymore. You have guys, um, you know, like Juan Soto. Now obviously you had to let Anthony Rendon go, but like you think that with, you know, Victor Robles will emerge. And you think that Juan Soto is awesome. So it'll keep getting better. And, You know, they found a couple other pieces along the way. Like you think those things will hold up and really it just hasn't. And they had to make those subsequent moves to trade off really a lot of those remaining pieces. Um, So I think there's been a lot of fan, you know, acknowledging you want a title. It's great. But I think the nationals window for title contention almost came before their first title, right? They they won the division a whole lot from 12 to 19. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is it's like, The window ended right when they won a title. It usually doesn't work that way, right? Usually you win a title, and then like three years later, you're like, it's over for us. Now, they won the title. Didn't even get to celebrate it at home, right? I mean, you know, the 2020 season was shortened, and the first game of the year was Yankees-Nationals at Nats Park. There's nobody there to watch the game. So I do think in some ways, you know, rightfully so, they feel like something kind of was taken away from them, not being able to enjoy the window enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's still so crazy that they did win and it was fun. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed the series. Um, plus like, you know, everything kind of went to hell with the Astros at that time because all right. the stories started coming out. So yeah. that was something. Um, other than Juan Soto and guys like that, who are some guys that like maybe Reds fans should keep an eye on this weekend of like, maybe like, Oh, this is probably, uh, I mean, we know about Josh Bell obviously from was, so your the old friend Josh Bell. <laughs> yeah. But like, Is there anyone else maybe like, it's like, Oh, this guy's probably gonna be a tough out for, you know, for this for the starting, for the starting group this week.
0: Yeah. So KB Ruiz, their catcher. He was involved in that trade. Yes. So he was involved and I'm sure you've been really pleased the way he's played. Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. He's been awesome. So, um, he was the one who was involved in the catcher's interference at third. Um, but I, I will say like, there is a big reason why catcher is such a premium position, right? Um, you know, it's being drafted a lot higher now. There are so few guys who can both hit, play good defense, and run a staff. Right? That's a really challenging thing to do. I mean, you you are tasked with so much. He is one of those guys who appears to be the the real deal. I mean, he seems to have all of those intangibles there. So he'll be behind the plate for probably uh, you know probably three of the four games um, that we'd expect. So watch him behind the plate. Player to watch. Um, Victor Robles is, you know, constantly in trade stuff. He's in center field for the Nationals. It's always one second. You're like, wow. You know, he, had, he did a game where he drove in six runs the other day, and then he'll misplay a ball in the outfield, and and you know, go over over three and have three Ks. Um, so that there's there's you know somebody Victor Robles, people, main people are familiar with. Um, Josiah Gray will throw against the uh, against the Reds. Forgetting which game it's going to be, um, but. That's a guy that they also got in the um, in that trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. This is a guy that really is—he's got good stuff, but he's just so feast or famine. And honestly, like it's a really good learning experience because he's been he's been rolled up by I mean, a couple of lineups have really gotten to him, um, and so it'll be curious to see how he handles the Reds. But you know. Um, when he tries to be too fine, he walks too many guys. When he you know, tries to be aggressive, he gives up home runs, but he's still got nasty stuff. And so that'll be interesting to see how he pitches. So you have three guys who are non one Soto to watch right now who are younger-ish. Victor Robles, because we're trying to figure out, can this guy be an everyday center fielder for a major league team, uh, you know, the Nationals? Um, uh, I mentioned also Josiah Gray. And also KB Ruiz is probably the best-performing young guy they have who is not one Soto.
1: Yeah, I think that's like for both teams. I think that's kind of like one of the big pluses is K.B. Ruiz and Tyler Stevenson kind of being these young, right. up-and-coming catchers who are really kind of developing before our eyes. It's pretty fun.
0: I'm with you on that. Can uh, I, oh, go ahead. Go. Sorry, Carlos. No, this just, go. I was
2: going to ask about the bullpen. How's the bullpen look for the Nationals? Tax. Yeah. taxed.
0: They they have to pitch a lot, man. I mean, because the thing is, so Ioana dome we're going to see him in the Thursday game. You know, with, with him, he's a guy who's not getting that deep into ball games, and he's 23 23, 24 years old. And so he's getting his real, you know, first big time taste of major league baseball. And um, you know, he's not a guy who's going really deep into ball games. And then you bring up this guy, you know, Evan Lee, who's not he, you know, just pitched his first game today. It's obviously a guy you don't think is gonna go very deep into ball games, right? Patrick Corbin is not making it super deep into ball games, Josiah Gray. They're trying to protect a little bit because he's so young. And so when they've left him out there a little bit extra sometimes, um, it's not going great. And then Eric Fetty, who can like give you five innings, is he's fine, but he's actually a guy who he's had a really good month. Besides, he had an awful game against the Mets last night uh, on Tuesday night. It's the Mets. Yeah, but I mean the Mets have had his number his whole career. But but the previous starts before that, its ERA was under two for the month that he had made five starts. So in his sixth start of the month, you know you know not, not many guys hit that number usually around five or six, but in five starts the month, he had a sub-two ERA. So he's actually the guy that I think right now the Nationals have the most confidence in going very deep, but he didn't even make it out of the second inning the other night. So the guys in the bullpen that really I'm looking at, um, Carl Edwards Jr., fellas. I, you guys are all familiar oh, yeah, with him, obviously. Really? So he comes up, first game against the Mets, three runs in an inning. All right. Since then, in 12 subsequent innings, he's surrendered, I believe, two hits and has not allowed a single earn run, the ERA is going is, right now is uh, it's at
2: 2.08. So
0: Carl Edwards Jr., ultimate fire stopper. He's been very good.
2: Um, Hopefully we get to see a lot of right-handed relievers. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> um, you're going to see uh, Victor Arano. Um, we had last year Wander Suero, who, I mean, Dave Martinez, loved to put him in base. It felt like he pitched every single game. That is Victor Arano. You'll see him. You'll see Kyle Finnegan. He's had a decent year. Tanner Rainey's been the closer for them. Actually, has done pretty well this year. Had a really awful year last year. Has bounced back in a pretty big way. You'll see. You'll see some Steve Ciechek. He's been. He's been fine. But the best performing guys. It's crazy to say. Carl Edwards Jr. was in AAA earlier this year, but he is the Nats' hottest reliever right now. And he's. I mean, you know. You know how we usually have one bridge guy. The Nets have two. Because because their pitches don't make it that far in the game, uh, Carl Edwards Jr. and Victor are the two bridge guys, you're going to see, they've actually been pretty good this year. Nice. Can I ask you all Reds questions? When, yeah, when, yeah, come on. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for my Nationals audience, uh, the who are the guys to watch um, for? Well, first of all, first of all, three and twenty start right. 322 Three twenty-two start and now they are what They're 17 and
1: 31 yeah they played really well uh they had a winning may which was very surprising
0: so like this is this is ostensibly a team that you know bottom of the league but like they're not playing the bottom of the league team right
1: no, no. um you know i think we you know we talked about it all week like we, they, they also had like literally and you'd name it besides like they've had someone who missed time um joey vada was out for a while Tyler Stevenson was out for a bit. Jonathan India is still out. Nick Sanzel was out. Um, Mike has had a, a little bit of an injury stretch, which weirdly enough, he's actually had a pretty decent year. Um, Jake Fraley has been out. And then, you know, Mike Miner, who they traded Amir Garrett for, is just now making his first start of the season on Friday. So, you know, they were definitely injury riddled. Uh, but as they're getting guys back and getting healthier and Joey Votto is kind of finding a swing again, it's certainly looking like they're certainly playing better baseball.
2: Yeah, this is more like the team that we all thought that we were going to get, you know, kind of around a 500 team, maybe a little bit over, maybe a little bit under, most people thought under. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got the, the young pitching throwing well here and there. You know, I mean, couldn't be – tonight's game couldn't be more of a, you know, symbolism of the way that Hunter Green's pitched. You know, his first three innings struck out eight guys, and then fourth inning – I was at the fifth inning he didn't get out of fourth? It was the fourth, I mean, yeah. It was the fourth, yeah. Like it was just complete. So you get, you know, the hot the cold um with the young pitching staff, the bullpen, they they pitched really well whenever they haven't been challenged. Um you know, but whenever they're, you know, in a close ball game, it's 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 been been a little rough. Had some good defensive plays behind them. Um And then offensively, it's just about getting people healthy. And, you know, like Tim mentioned earlier, Joey's starting to swing it a whole lot better now. Uh, Senzel's back to playing. Tyler Stevenson's been an all-star all year behind the plate. Um, Moose has been hitting here and there. So,
1: Aquino's hit somewhat decent since he got put back on the major league roster. What's mm-hmm.
0: it? I was wondering what what it's been like though having the biggest story around the club being fantasy football for the last like what <laughs> is it now over a week and a half? I mean it's it's bizarre, but it's become this really, like, I th- so I find Jock Peterson hilarious. Um, to me, it sounds like Jock Peterson like obviously was you know maybe not the most self aware guy in the world, but I think that's what led to this. I, I also believe it's a case of maybe t- I think well no I don't think. It feels like Tommy Pham takes himself a bit too seriously. Um, just, Carlos' just, his favorite player? Yeah, yes, which is good. You and you want that. I, that's, that's, you know, I think for a young team like this too, you probably want that as well. But just give me your all's reaction on. on is he not your favorite player?
2: No, absolutely not. I'm not a fan of Tommy Pham. Can you explain? I, I mean, trouble finds him everywhere he goes. I mean, everywhere. He, he wasn't well liked in St. Louis. In in San Diego, he gets in an altercation outside of his trip club, gets stabbed. I I mean, thankfully, he made it out alive. (laughs) Here early in the season, he makes stupid comments about how he's here to get his numbers and his numbers only. That's all he cares about. And that's not paraphrasing. That's literally what he said. (laughs) And then uh, Tyler Stevenson gets, you know, semi run over in San Diego by Luke Voigt, and then he challenges him to fight him at his Muay Thai, I can't even say Muay Thai gym. Like, what are you you talking about, dude? And then this Mm -hmm. stuff comes out. Like, he just keeps looking worse and worse and worse. So I'm done with him. I know a lot of people don't care, and just glad that he's producing now, but not me.
1: Yeah, um, my reaction to it was more like, I shouldn't laugh at physical altercations, but it was pretty funny. Like at first it's like cause it was like really that day around town. It was like really kind of like I wouldn't say hush hush, you know, but like it was like look, Mark Sheldon posted like video of altercation between Reds and Giants in outfield and you're like, ah, oh, that's weird during batting practice. And like I didn't really hear anything more about it, but the Reds were on rain delay that night. And it was like, uh, I guess Gabe Kapler. Asked David Bell to not play Tommy Pham in the lineup that night. It's something I thought I read somewhere. <laughs>
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's one hundred percent true, uh, but it was brought up. Like, I that think MLB
2: was- told them not to play him. Okay. Because okay. didn't one of those games count as his suspension?
1: Yeah, so they ended up suspending him for the series. Um, this is a
0: bad look for a guy who's thirty four. I mean, I know, I know he like relatively like he's actually like pretty decent. I know you'll probably stay on him You're pretty decent, but like this stuff is really bad for a guy who's you Know at the back end of towards his career, like I'm taking other dudes over you if I can. Because it sounds like he's not helping young guys either.
1: Yeah, it was something. Um, but then like yeah, so he talked to the media and said that he was a high roller in Vegas, a uh, big dog yeah, in Vegas.
0: A, that was a weird thing to say. I thought he was very kidding strange. at first. Yeah, I thought he strange. was kidding at first. He's like, I'm a high roller in Vegas. I'm like, Oh, he's being sarcastic in it. Turns out he's not.
1: The Reds have already had high rollers in Vegas. All right, we don't we don't, <laughs> we don't need any more. So
0: um, who are the, so obviously Hunter Green is, is a guy to watch, but we're we're not going to see him, which is really sad. Like, that's, yeah, you that's, like the, the day. that's like the one sad thing about series. Like, like the one thing you want to see in series like this is like, all right, let me, let me see at least like the young guns from either team. Um, so we're going to miss him. You're saying, so you. I, look, I, I, I have to be honest, I didn't know this. Mike Miner is still out here pitching.
1: Yeah, the Reds got him in a trade uh right after the lockout. Good ended. for Mike Minor, man. Yeah, Great they moved Demir Garrett for him.
0: Unbelievable. He's still out. He had, a, he had a pitch last year. Um, so who so who are we looking at here? Who is who are the guys to watch for Nats fans out there? Uh the names that we're gonna know for a while.
1: I think Tyler Stevenson's the most obvious one. Uh we discussed him quite a bit. He's, he's you know, like Carlos said, he's just been awesome all year. Um he was really good last year as far as like Hitting to all ends to all uh, all areas of the ballpark, but this year he's like really elevated that that skill set at the plate, and um, you could tell like you know Carlos being a former big league pitcher, he can kind of like speak to this a little more than I can, obviously. Um, But like when we text and stuff, he'll like you know talk about like the way he frames is a little off at times and things like that. But you're starting to see him throw runners out trying to steal on him, so you're really seeing that growth. And unfortunately, talk about missing big time young players. Jonathan India is out too. The reigning nationally rookie of the year so um hopefully i'm i'm pro nick senzel as pro as it gets so i'm hoping we start to see why he was the number two pick in the draft you definitely see the talent at times he had a game last week against the cubs where he got on base six times um but as far as like guys to be excited about that you'll see stevenson india you know green lodolo who you guys won't see this weekend unfortunately but Ashtray, those are probably the future been... yeah Ash Graham Ashcraft's been really good.
2: Well that guy doesn't throw anything straight, and he throws 101 miles an hour, so heads up.
1: <laughs> Those are always the fun
0: guys.
2: Those are always the fun guys to watch. It's sinking, it's cutting, and then he's got a pretty good slider, so he looked pretty good last time out. His first time you could tell he was nervous, but second time out, he, he looked pretty pretty dang good. I think you'd give somebody like the Nats of some fits.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, it, it doesn't
0: take much to get the Nats some fits, tell you that. Does not doesn't does take a whole
1: lot. So you, you mentioned earlier how you guys had a catcher interference at third base and just kind of like that debacle. Um, the Reds actually had to have a pitcher bat earlier in the season. I don't know if you saw that or not. Know. Where they messed up the DH thing because their backup catcher was the DH and Tyler Stevenson got hurt. So they had to move their backup catcher from DH to catcher, which the rule is when you put your def- designated hitter in the field, your pitcher has to hit. Right. So. Yeah, the Reds were well, the team not, that had that. That's not like, I'm, uh, I, I. I guess I
0: just I guess it kind of is egregious, right? Like at that time, you know they were catching the Twenty-two
1: stretch. It was so. Rough.
0: Why was there no other Did catcher on the three. roster? Did Stevenson uh, get hurt in the game, or was he, yeah, hurt, he got hurt during the game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense because you only have two catchers. You're only supposed to have two catchers, right? I mean, it, you know, it's. I but yeah. I guess he wouldn't. Well, I don't know.
1: That is bad. You're right. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough.
2: Didn't they drop three pop-ups in one inning, too?
1: <laughs> it was. At least Castillo. The,
2: yeah. There was a – the catcher dropped one. They dropped one by the pitcher's mound. And then over at third base over the railing, which was catchable, they dropped that one. All well, damn, one guys.
0: If I, did, if I didn't know any better, I'd say these are two of the worst teams in the league, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, think uh, Let's see. So the only, te- the only teams that buy win percentage are worse than them it's the Royals, right? The Royals have a yeah. 327 win percentage. Shout out to Kansas City. Look, KC Um, The Nationals are at 346, and the Reds are at 354. Although we do have to mention, everybody, that they're only two and a half games out of the Cubs, right? They're only two and a half games behind the Cubs. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to hold tonight. because we'll, well, Right now it is, because Milwaukee's beating the Cubs. Um,
1: We're down four to one of the Red Sox right
2: now. So
0: yeah. there you go. That'll, that'll hold at least. But, yeah, I mean, you know, these – I'm gonna assume the attendance is not gonna be uh we're not gonna see some 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 crooked numbers, as they say, put up for attendance this weekend. Surprisingly, the Reds are up in attendance right now. No way. Wow. Yeah. I Maybe mean, it's a COVID thing. Is that a COVID thing you think? Just people are going able to
1: go out and see more games? Potentially. Yeah. I can tell you the
0: Nationals' attendance is not up. Nationals shows a return to the ballpark and it was like half full. So <laughs> it is uh I can't say the same thing for Nats fans right now as for Reds fans.
1: Yeah. You know. I've seen plenty of times when the Nats came in here and Bryce Harper hit a bomb off us and it wasn't fun. So we're not sorry if you guys don't come to the game this weekend.
0: Do you all make predictions on this podcast as well? Do you guys like predict series? Cause I never do that. I'm like, i must not know, really.
1: Well. No. Um Yeah. You know, we'll talk about stuff like matchups and like what's going on with the team they're playing and things like that. But I feel um, like this,
0: I feel like this really special matchup deserves a, deserves a prediction. I'm just,
1: Sure. Was it a yeah. four game series? <laughs> four game series, Thursday through Sunday.
2: How many? Conventional wisdom.
0: Conventional wisdom would say that these these teams will split too and the wins won't be very pretty.
2: We've got.
1: The thing I feel good about the Reds, though, is Tyler Mally and Luis Castillo were on the mound in the series. That's where I feel okay. pretty good. And Graham Ashcraft.
2: Oh, we got Aidan, who you said. You're not great. Not great against Ashcraft. I like Ashcraft, I said earlier. Yeah, so I'm I... going to take that win. There you go. Friday, we have gray versus minor.
0: I'm gonna go gray in that one.
1: Yeah, I am too. So let's
0: go, let's get one. One,
2: okay. Then we have Fetty versus Tyler Malley.
1: I think
0: now that one could awesome. be pretty even. I think one could be pretty even.
1: So good. like
2: no,
0: I'll go
1: reds. I'll go reds just to, to do that.
2: Malley looked good. His last start, yeah. That was the
1: uh Giants game, the Sunday, like 11 30 game, oh, yeah. where he like went like six and two thirds and no hit. They put you guys on Peacock. Is that yeah. what it is? Wait, actually, so hold on. Like, they made the
0: Giants play at like eight thirty local time, like their body yeah, time. That's, yeah, that's that's really messed and up. And the Giants league.
1: won. Well, so, I, yeah, yeah.
0: They're like, hey, we're gonna play the Reds. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it.
1: Right.
2: And then Sunday, Corbin versus Castillo. So three to one. Yeah. So I'm Good gonna
0: say, I'm gonna go three to one. Good uh, bad guys, I guess, in my case. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go
1: <three> to one. <laughs> Yeah. Well.
2: Yeah. Josh Bell had we'll some see. good
1: games at GABP, though. So that's obviously a little nerve wracking.
2: Yeah, Corbin, his left hand. The so problem is that if like, Corbin can just throw strikes, he has such an advantage. He doesn't the problem is
0: he never throws any strikes. He's always, every <laughs> single count, he's behind 2 0. And it's like, guess what? You got two things that he can throw the slider, which usually doesn't feel like it's dropping it in the zone, and the fastball is like 91. And, you know, you've been uh. blown up by anybody. Yeah, I can already see it. Guy I, that, that I can that, like,
2: already see it. Corbin is going to go like five and two thirds with two hit ball, and I'm going to be blowing up your Twitter, Josh.
1: Yeah, the Reds, the Reds against left-handed pitching is not very good, honestly. Uh, well,
0: maybe he needs he needs he needs a he needs a game to get himself back going. I'll tell you that.
1: Well, we're also talking about a dude that took a major ball off the dome and came back and pitched. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Like that was that was scary.
0: Look. He's a tough. He's a tough guy. Um, there have been plenty of jokes made at his expense about uh, potential political affiliations. Also, you know uh, um, about for yeah for our one for one. Patrick Corbin. So uh, he has taken a lot of slander. He has taken a lot of physical punishment. They pitched him a ton in that series. So um, you know the World Series. So look, anything can happen, with Patrick Corbin. Um, but recently, uh, the the trends have been the wrong direction.
1: How much of the Nationals fan base would you say started as Expo fans and came over?
0: I mean, maybe, maybe
1: 1%. Okay. I
0: I, I would say it's less than 1%. I actually, I was listening to the Mets game on the radio today. I, I like to listen to the away feeds just because I'm not sure about you guys. I, learn, I usually learn about other teams in the league by osmosis. You know, hey, the Reds sure. are playing whoever. That's how I learn about the Reds. Or, the, or no, I learn about the Nationals. Same thing. I'm going to learn about the Reds series because I'm going to I'm gonna watch the Nats-Reds games. And sometimes if I listen to the radio, I should listen to the Reds radio broadcast. So they were talking today about how, you know, the Nats will associate records sometimes, the Expos records. And it's kind of ridiculous because, like, the Nats feel so separate from the, um, the Montreal Expos. Yeah, they do. They really do. And there is no affiliation. And so I think, you know, I hope Montreal gets baseball team again. That would be awesome. Um, And I hope they compare that team's records to the Montreal Expos records so we can stop doing this really dumb thing. We're talking about Nats records against Expos. I I mean, I know it's the same franchise, but, like, there is no – there's nothing linear. There's, like, this is not Brooklyn Dodgers and Los Angeles Dodgers type stuff here, folks. This is the Nats and the Expos. There's no connection. Yeah, the
1: Baltimore Ravens don't claim the Cleveland Browns NFL championships. Exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: I also want to mention this to you guys, too. So my dad – grew up in southwest virginia lifelong well not lifelong redsman but like in his childhood he would grow up and they take the ymca bus and they go to cincinnati and they stay in the ymca's there and they go see the big red machine play that's pretty cool so i will say like the the reds in our you know my dad's not super nostalgic about it but somewhere in this house there is a baseball signed by ken griffey senior um somewhere in this in this house uh we try to get signed by junior did not happen um (laughs) yeah difficult to do um, and also, you know, he, he, I guess he got autographs from all the, the big red machine guys, you know, the Joe Morgans of the world back in the day as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he went and got to see the, the big red machine play. So there was,
1: there's a little bit of love for the reds in this household. Good. Nice. Carlos was in the, uh, Carlos was in spring training with Ken Griffey Jr. for a couple seasons. Really? Huh?
2: Is Not he, in big league camp, but.
1: Is he like, the night? as nice of a guy as everybody says he is?
2: Yeah, he's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice.
1: He only says that because he knows he's my favorite player ever, and I don't accept really? any slander. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude I, I
0: will say, for sure in he the video games, sure. there's nothing better than than playing at the Reds and having that tandem of Adam Dunn and Ken Griffey Jr. in the lineup. Oh, those boys can rake
1: in the video games. It was yeah. fun to go to games on a, on a weekly basis to see those yeah. teams. They didn't win a lot, but no, they saw didn't. some homers. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Who's the Nationals like biggest fan like celebrity fan? Who would you say?
0: I tried to get Bill Nye the Science Guy on my podcast one time, and and, and we got pretty close. He was just, <laughs> it, it, it was right when the pandemic was happening, so that the public was I did like,
2: not think that question was going there. Bill, like they're like they're like believe
0: it or not, like Bill, I'm like the Bill is super busy. And I'm like well, this makes sense. I mean, like who he's you know, like there is a, I guess rarely so, sleep. There's a lot of public faith in Bill Nye the Science Guy, so people were like, "Oh, we'll get Bill Nye the Science Guy on here, and you know, we'll get him talk about COVID, whatever." So he was really busy, couldn't get him. Um, Dave Bautista is a huge oh, yeah. DC sports guy. If you guys
1: love the, I mean, I mean, I'm a oh, wrestling wrestler guy. You can yeah, see the, it, the it. background of my, yeah, it's all wrestling figures. So yeah, there
0: you go. So uh, Dave Bautista, obviously, for those of you who don't watch wrestling, you guys will know him. Uh, from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, the Marvel Universe. That's that's what, he, and also John Wick. I think John mm-hmm. Wick, one of the John Wicks he's in. Um, no, 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 no. James Bond. James Bond. He was in yeah. the latest. Yeah, latest <laughs> one he's in of Dune, Marvel. I think, too, right? Yes, he is in Dune also. Yes, yeah. he's in Dune. Yeah. So Dave Batista, well known actor. He's pretty big. Um, John Bernthal's a DC guy. Um, Who's that? Uh, he is walking dead, I guess people would know him best. It's probably his best role as a walking dead. best known for that. Um, And then also I would say Pat Sajak is a pretty big DC sports guy. Uh, Wheel of fortune, I believe is the one he, the show he has. Yeah. 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 So there's a, there's a variety. I mean, honestly, at the games, like the biggest thing to happen is like when guys from others, I was this is awesome part of the D and I know it's every city, But, like, you do see a lot of, like, Max Scherzer and Ryan Zimmer like, go to the games, the Caps games, and dress up as, like, hockey players. And they would do the Let's Go Caps chant. And you'll (laughs) see, you know, you'll see the Wizards guys come to the ballpark. And you'll see, you know, the W – the the Commanders now come to the ballpark. So, I would say, like, a lot of times your biggest cheerleaders are, like, the other guys in other sports. Um, There's not a ton of – also, like, who likes the politicians, right? Like, nobody's going to be like, oh – Mitch McConnell's here. Nice. Mitch. Yeah. Woo.
1: I live in Kentucky. They're definitely yeah. not saying <laughs> that. They're you know, yeah.
0: not saying the Reds games either. So um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would like, I would say it's probably like the other, the other athletes. Honestly,
1: That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean the Reds have started to do that more with the Bengals yeah. um, and it's hilarious because people like, are like, this is obviously uh, the, the Reds just trying to get people in seats and <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> right. Oh man, Joe Burrow throwing the first pitch. He'll be on the mound for ten seconds. We have to right. spend sixty dollars to get a ticket for that. Right. No. Not logical. No. And and the, now the Bengals are
0: awesome, so it I means a good excuse to bring guys in. You know, just to just to have like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. the whole team might
2: do the first
1: pitch the way things yeah. are going
2: by the end of the season. And <laughs> <laughs> we're halfway through it already.
1: Yeah, as I said, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, um, Eli Apple. Who Have they had um, Super Bowl? Mc, uh, Evan McPherson yet? They did. He did throw one. Yeah, that's a go.
0: I love that guy. That guy is hilarious. Yeah. You talk about like he's. What did he say last year? Where he like took the practice kick? He's like, yeah, this one's going in. That, yeah. that was that was amazing. Yeah, I love him.
1: Yeah, I was actually um, I was actually in downtown Cleveland for that. Seeing my mm-hmm. wife's family, I went to the Cavaliers game that night and <laughs> watched the Bengals win in downtown Cleveland. So that was a nice moment for me. Yes, I'm
0: sure it was. I'm sure the Cleveland people love that too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you about this because it's a kind of a popular topic. Um, I'm a big Jersey guy, big fan of jerseys and like different things. So I really like the city conditions that the Nats have. Um, that's pretty cool, like design a concept. So what is what's been the fan base's reaction to that?
0: They love it. So if you don't know, um, cherry blossom uniforms. It's uh, cherry blossom is a well known um you know it's it's a plant they have you guys go look them up uh they're pink they're, i guess pink kind of almost like the color of rose almost i would say like the uh, like the you know the the beverage um and yeah it, it's it's a really popular play you know the, the trees all over the place here in the capital and they're beautiful trees and so they had the base gray and they put these on the uniforms they put them on the hats the big thing people worried about is they were concerned, okay, are they going to be able to pull it off on a helmet as well? And they did. and So it all looks good. Um, I think the uniforms look really cool. And, yeah, I'm a huge fan of those City connecting uniforms. Have the Reds had theirs released yet? No, no I yet.
1: don't think they're on this year's. They weren't on last year's tab, and I don't think they're on this year's. So hopefully next year. But I don't know. Is it going to be like a skyline chili Jersey. Is that God, what well, I so... there
0: have been some ugly ones. So I'll say this, the nationals really, they did a great job with that Jersey. Man. They did, they did yeah. a great job with that. And other people like it too. And so I will say like, there's actually a really good article written in the, um, you'll appreciate this in the Washington post the other day. That was what Jersey are you buying for the nationals right now? Because, you know, Soto feels like the obvious one, but also at this point in time, like, where there's no guarantee he's going to be on the team in three or four years. Right. So there's nobody else in the team has also signed a long-term contract. We haven't seen Steven Strasburg hardly since 2019. Like whose Jersey are you showing up and you buying? And so I actually think um the city connect jerseys. It's just like, it looks so cool. I've got to get one. And what the hell I'll just go and get one Soto, Right.
2: That makes sense. I don't think anybody's out there buying a Wayne Thomas do they sell any without the last name on the back
0: uh they probably do they probably sell some blank ones but i feel like i feel like it's a bad look if you are it's just like we don't have anybody (laughs) we want to sell you we can uh we you know i and and look i've been to games where it's like you know you, you see bad teams and it's and i'm sure reds fans right now i mean what are y'all? You guys are probably a lot of Hunter Green, right? I guess it's newer ish, probably not yet.
1: It's a lot. I mean, it's still a lot of Joey Vada, which right. Um, but I'm
0: getting the rise now.
1: I hope so. Um, they're actually really hard to find because fanatics just I guess like ran out of jerseys. I don't know what's going on with them after they bought everybody. Supply chain issues. Um, yeah, like the like uh Phillies fans have been complaining that like all year they haven't been able to get those like cream jerseys that they have. Like those are great. Like,
0: I love those. those are awesome. I know, I like them
1: too. Um, but like people can't buy them. Um, so yeah, like if you go into stores, it's still a lot of Joey Votto jerseys. Um, but you see a lot of like Barry Larkin, Johnny Mm -hmm. Bench, Chris, Chris, you know, Chris Sabo, stuff like that. So,
0: and then Zimmerman's obviously Zimmerman's pretty popular still too.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, we got this from Jim, they should have something from the Big Red Machine Incorporated in a city type Jersey. I would love that honestly um i'm very fond we talk about this all the time carlos and i do um we're very fond of the classic pullover jersey from the machine mm-hmm. yeah, I was, they I would like yeah they could like base it off of that yeah base it off of that
2: i love the no belt look
1: same man same though i also so... love the deon sanders nose like cut off sleeve era too i can't lie
2: so the pullover jersey, meaning
0: it was like a explain like that buttons.
2: No, but, no, no buttons. No buttons. Literally,
1: was just a pullover?
2: It's just yeah. like a like a, almost like a V neck.
0: You're seeing actually not almost in the V neck, but you're actually seeing that. So I call a good amount of college baseball, and you actually are seeing a little bit of a comeback for some of those jerseys. Uh, uh, I call Richmond Spiders games here in Richmond, Virginia, and I, I they actually had a jersey that was more of almost like a dry fit shirt. Than it was a jersey, and I kind of like that. I kind I kind of like the the pullover look. Although I'm I actually I'm a sucker for the vest look. I think the Rockies have sick uniforms. I think the Rockies vests look phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of those.
1: We had those for a long like the Griffey era. That's what they mm-hmm. had, right? The yeah, underneath. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like the Rockies city jersey, but I, I, as far as the jersey stuff, but I love the hat. I think the hat looks cool.
0: I saw those the other day. I was kind of w- wondering about those. Like, what is the
1: It looks like a license plate for the state of Colorado is what it looks like.
2: Right.
0: (laughs) Right. right. It does. And also I'm, I'm not really sold on like the the changing color on the back. I'm fine with a change of color on the front, but like the back where it's kind of like the, it's ridged. Um, and then it, you know, and then it kind of goes up like, yeah, it's a lot happening in my opinion. I think the nationals with the solid colors, like the, the more solid colors and then the the pop uh, poplar ish kind of hanging off is nice. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, Jim, I agree. The 99 red jersey is one of my favorites. Also, that team is one of my favorite teams ever. So, yeah, I love it, man. Um, well, I guess really, I mean, we've kind of touched on just about everything here. Um, did you have any additional questions you had for us or anything you wanted to kind of touch on before we headed out?
0: I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. Uh, yeah, I appreciate man. doing it. Also, you you took care of one of our reads on your show. We also are sponsored by our friends, at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. So it's nice to have
1: them in the mix here, fellas. So you took care of that for us as well. I appreciate that, guys. You're welcome. Just make sure when you get your sponsor pay that you send us a quarter of it. Oh, Literally a quarter because we've
2: seen how much those, those come in. So. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> wait, dude! I do need your uh, NBA pick, Tim. Oh, my my finals pick? Well, I'll share mm-hmm. mine too. Um, I'm picking the Warriors and Six. Warriors and Six on the road, huh?
1: Yeah, I just think that, like, there's something to say about having that experience. And the Celtics don't really have anyone that's really had that experience of playing this far. And Tatum's obviously been incredible. But this is Al Horford's first NBA Finals. Like, you know, it's Steph Curry's fifth. So those guys know how to do it when they need to. So plus, like, I just hate, I'm a Bulls fan, so I hate the Celtics. So.
2: Hmm. Yeah, well, you're going to be disappointed if Joey releases that photo <laughs> that I told you about. But um, I'm going to go Celtics in six. Ooh. I uh,
0: think – so I, I'm leaning Celtics because it's weird. I think they can they can blow a game at home just as easily as they can win on the road. I mean, this is a team that, like, you know, they're pretty Jekyll and Hyde. Which, but I think it's good, yeah. right? I mean, they've been really good off losses um, in the playoffs, which is good. They don't defend their home court well, which is bad. Um, they don't have the experience, which is bad. I, I think it's good. I think it's gonna be a great series, to be honest. I, I want to so. go with Warriors and seven. I also think it's a great series to the NBA. I mean, Celtics the Warriors obviously dynasty, and Celtics is you know just a great, great brand. So I think the you know East Coast West Coast, uh, you know Boston versus versus San Francisco is a great kind of. Cultural rival,
2: yeah. Too. Both great crowds, it's, yeah. Hopefully, it's fun because the conference finals are trash, yeah. The, yeah, they like, very the fun. series will be close, a lot of the, the games
0: aren't was... the games are the games were competitive, like you'd have a club, you know. That that Maverick Sun series, it went seven every game was a blowout, and that yeah. was a lot of a lot of Celtics games too. The Celtics series was a lot of blowouts too,
1: yeah. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I just really cannot live with hearing. I'm from where Dave Cowens is from. So mm. I've heard about the Celtics my whole life. So I'm, I'm done with them.
2: Well, they've yeah. only been in half of the Eastern Conference finals ever. So right. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of forced <laughs> to.
1: <laughs> so Josh, uh, before we get out of here, if you want to take a second to give some shout outs to your shows, your social media, where people can interact with you this weekend for the series, please take a second to do so, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, once again, thanks guys for coming on. It was a lot of fun uh, coming on and talking to you guys. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at L O underscore Nationals. You guys can find us wherever you guys get your
1: podcasts.
0: And you can find us on YouTube as well if you're interested in more nationals content.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, man. Um, if you guys, you know, if you ever want to have us on, especially for the, oh, the next years. Yeah, we're happy to do whatever you want, man. So uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you all for tuning in. I know, obviously, the night in Boston has not gone the way we wanted it to, except for the fact that we got shouted out during the game. Our guy, John Sadak, giving Late Night Red some love. Love it. That's our guy. Also, if you want to buy some sweet Late Night Red swag, go to latenightreds.merchmake.com. Got t-shirts and all the fun stuff there. So, everyone, have a good night. We will see you next week. <laughs>